It's where America's pastime and the Iowa Hawkeyes meet. It's the conversation you want to be in on. Talking Iowa Hawkeye baseball. It's Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Welcome all. You are listening to Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and the voice of Iowa Hawkeye Baseball. It's Zach Mackey. Episode number seven coming your way today, and what a great show it will be. For those of you who not who aren't familiar with this show, it's a show where Zach and I take a look at what happened with the Iowa Hawkeye Baseball program the week prior and the week ahead, and we do so each and every week. Again, this is episode number seven coming at you now. However you may be listening, thank you so very much for tuning in and making us part of your day. Whether you're listening to us on Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, KXNO.com and more, thank you so very much for tuning in. And a big thank you to everyone who've given their thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. Please go ahead and give us uh, more shout-outs, more thoughts, more questions and be doing so at our show's official Twitter page, at Hawkeye underscore talk. We would love to hear what you have to say and talk about what you want to talk about. Once again, an exciting edition coming your way for episode number seven as we discuss the sweep of the 23rd-ranked Illinois Fighting Illini this past weekend. We'll discuss the Clark University come-from-behind win, and we'll talk about the Illinois State loss this past Wednesday as well, and a lot more. So stay with us, get ready, gear up, and buckle up. We're going to have a fun ride here, ladies and gentlemen. But first and foremost, we cannot go any further without experiencing the excitement that was this past week for the Hawkeyes. And we do so audio style as we take a look at some of the highlights for the Hawkeyes as given to us by the one and only Zach Mackey himself, along with Steve Duncan, part of the Iowa Hawkeye Radio Network. So without further ado, take a listen and enjoy. Kicks and fires, lifted into the air and out towards left center. This is going to be an extra base hit. Rounding second, Whalen's on to third. Martin now is going to make his way to second. Whalen's coming home and an RBI double coming out of Austin Martin. He continues the offensive ways for Iowa. One nothing here in the first. Jacob Gilmore comes set, kicks and fires. This one well struck out towards left. Going back, nearing the wall, and this one's going to be gone. Over the left field fence. Chris Whalen getting a home run. Go ahead and leave the ballpark. His first of the season, a three-run shot. And the Hawkeyes have three runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. We are back from Dwayne Banks Field as the righty sets and comes home. This little slow bouncer backhanded out by the pitcher. Irvine to first. Oh, what a play. He gets him out at first. That was super athletic by Drew Irvine. Excellent job fielding his position. Of innings. Lefty now kicks and fires. This one popped up into the air. Wallace is going to let it go down. He'll get the runner on third. Then they'll get the runner at second base for the double play. Smarts head up play. Way to go, Trent Wallace. Looks off. Kicks and fires. On the ground. Sharpening it over to short. Sure is going to go to second. Now off to first. The double play. Brandon Schurz took a heater and got it to second in a hurry. Iowa with two down now here in the second. What a great play by Brendan Shure. He had just a rocket hit to his right. Took two steps, knocked him off his feet on his backside, and he threw an absolute strike to Mitchell Bowe. 
Once again, everybody, that was Zach Mackey, Steve Duncan, and more as part of the Hawkeye All Access Radio Network. Catch them each and every Hawkeye game with pregame coverage and postgame coverage and more. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, we will continue on with the show. But before we dive into more talk with Zach Mackey himself, let's take a look at the Hawkeyes by the number and by the word in the segment that we like to call, What's the Word? What's the Word? Here we go. Here come the benches. That's got to be wrong. Here we go, ladies. It's time for What's the Word? What's the Word? The word for the Hawkeye baseball team at this point, consistent. You know what? No matter good or bad, the Hawkeyes have been consistent. And for the most part, they've come out rather on top. Despite being in the top four in terms of most runners left on base within the Big Ten Conference, they are still a solid collective hitting ball club. Right now, they're fifth in the Big Ten Conference with a team batting average of 261. That includes a conference fifth best doubles mark of 43. They have six triples, a top three mark in the Big Ten, and that includes the 12 home runs that they have produced so far this season. The Hawkeyes have been pretty solid on the base pass, right in the middle of the Big Ten in terms of stolen bases, 34 of 43. Pretty solid. They have not been picked off very much. In fact, they're in the single digits in terms of picked off so far over the entire course of the season at this moment. The Hawkeye pitching staff right up there. Again, top five in the Big Ten, 4.06 team ERA through 237 innings pitched. They've given up just 207 hits, 125 runs. Only 107 of those runs have been earned. They have walked a little bit more than than this team would have liked in the bottom third in terms of overall walks, 134. But then again, you flip that over, the Hawkeyes are in the top five in terms of strikeouts, 232 on the season so far. We mentioned the Hawkeyes, a little bit of a struggle as of late in terms of fielding, but nonetheless, still a strong Iowa ball club fielding at a clip of 968. They have 22 double plays turned to this point. That is top three in the Big Ten right now. So it's solid, consistent, even though it wavers, still the Hawkeyes are coming out on top. Iowa has 711 putouts. That is right right smack dab in the middle of the Big Ten Conference. Taking a look at the individual side of things, Iowa's catcher Austin Martin certainly filling in those shoes of Tyler Cropley very nicely. Third in the Big Ten with batting average at 370. Through 92 at-bats, he has has come through with 34 hits, 16 RBIs on the season. Six doubles, one triple, two big bombs, and he has drawn 12 walks. That is also top five in the Big Ten Conference on an individual note. In terms of individual pitching, I mean, man, this pitching staff has come through in a big way, and you could name almost every single individual on that rotation starting and in the bullpen. Grant Junkins, though, still leads the pack for Iowa. A conference fourth best ERA mark of 1.69. Through 42 and two-thirds innings pitched, he has allowed just 28 hits, 10 runs, only eight of them earned. 
He has walked a little bit more than he would have liked, 17 walks. That's a top 10 mark, unfortunately, for Grant Junkins. But then he turns around and conducts 39 strikes on the season. That's a top 10 mark as well for Grant Junkins. Iowa has had some good power so far this season. 360 for their slugging percentage, just above their opponents hitting at 355. On base, Iowa still top four, top five in the Big Ten in terms of getting on base. They know how to do it. 369 clip. That ranks, again, the top five of the Big Ten Conference. Taking a look at the Hawkeyes as a team, the leader in home runs for the Hawkeyes is Ben Norman as he has four home runs on the season. Leading the way in doubles, we already talked about Austin Martin with six so far on the season. And there are three individuals with at least one triple on the season. Uh, Three people tied at that mark. RBI-wise, the leader of the pack, Ben Norman, 17 RBIs. Austin Martin right behind him at 16. Austin does lead the team in slugging at a clip of 522. Also on base at a mark of 444. We already talked about Grant Junkins individually. Take a look at Cole McDonald, an unfortunate 5.02 ERA, but he has come back strong as of late. Through 37 innings pitched, he has allowed just 21 earned runs while striking out 37 batters. That's just shy of Grant Junkins' team lead of 39 with, again, 37. Teams are hitting not too very well against the Hawkeye pitching staff as a as a total, just 237 on the season with just around 207 hits. And with all that, ladies and gentlemen, you heard the numbers, and that's your word. What, what, what's the word? Here we go. Here come the benches. That's got to be wrong. Here we go, ladies. It's time for What's the Word. What, what, what's the word? All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that done and out of the way, it's time now to get to the main event. It's time to talk with the one, the only, the voice of Iowa Hawkeye baseball. He is Zach Mackey. All right, pipe down. <laughs> anyway, Zach, great to be talking some more Iowa Hawkeye baseball with you. And you know what? It's so funny. I, I think we've grown accustomed now, finally, to being at home. I mean, we're in the midst of a nine-game homestand, but, man, it's got to feel good going to the ballpark at Dwayne Banks Field on a consistent basis. No, it's good. It's nice to be home. I know we talk uh, often about time on the road and that. This is a good homestand, and, and so far uh, I think it's shown you know, you're so comfortable at home. I was always played well at home, and that's shown kind of down the stretch of uh, this homestand now. They've won, you know, um, of their six games that we've played at home. They've been able to win five of those, so you can continue to do that. Uh, things will continue to do well. It's, it's just so easy for everybody when it's a home game. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Check us out at Hawkeye underscore talk on Twitter and, of course, uh, many other fine platforms. The Hawkeyes came through with a big three-game series win over the likes of the 23rd-ranked Illinois Fighting Illini over this past weekend. They did so with an opening series 8-4 win and took a 2-1 win over Illinois Saturday in a 3-1 win over the Illini on Sunday. 
We'll dive into that and more. But first, as Zach, you and I are are recording this on a Wednesday night here, uh, just after the Illinois State game, a game in which the the Hawks didn't fare out so well in the end, losing eleven to six. As you mentioned a little earlier, uh, you know, not a horrible loss for Iowa, but uh, Iowa despite putting up 10 hits in the contest, unable to come through with the win. And uh, just kind of one of those one of those losses that you think back. You know, the Clark University game was a tough a tough time for Iowa to get the bats flowing up. And now that, that seems to have kind of bled into this Illinois State game. What was your overall take on the struggles Iowa has uh, gone through, especially when it came to Illinois State last night? Well, you know, I think it all comes back to offense, really. The defense is, is done so well. It's been able to kind of help out and work itself through. But really, it all comes back to, in my mind, the um, the defense. It just hasn't been there. So, um, uh, or I mean, the offense, sorry, it just hasn't been there. The defense has had to step up at times. And uh, we saw it yesterday where the offense just barely stepped up in the eighth inning to be able to get the job done today. And uh, the offense stepped up in those last couple of innings, but uh, the, the defense for the first time didn't have its best stuff today. Pitching-wise, <laughs> Illinois State scored a lot of runs. Uh, there were four errors out there on the defense. They had played clean baseball to that point. Uh, so I think the first time we saw where the defense didn't have it, unfortunately, um, right now the offense is not at a place where it's able to pick it up and uh, you know really take the game over. So um, uh, I, I think it was just the, culmin- the culmination of a game that that wasn't played perfectly. Iowa had so many games these uh, down this home stretch where they had just played you know perfect on defense and set them up in good positioning to be able to have a shot. And uh, that's really r- the real reason I think today's game it just finally you weren't as clean, you weren't as sharp, and all of a sudden you know you found yourself behind big numbers and have to climb up a hill towards the end of the game. Well, Zach, I think that's just it. The overall error mark, and that's something that I want to highlight here because the Hawkeyes have been able to consistently put up hits. In fact, over a quarter of their games so far to this point, they've been able to put up double-digit hit marks. So they know how to get the hits. They've been able to do so. But when you boil it all down, 61% of the games that have been won across college baseball landscape in general this season have been error-free games. The team that has played the best ball in terms of error-free ball has won the game more often than not. And for the Iowa pitching staff, you know, as good as we claim them, you know, they're, they're, they do have their ups and downs. And giving up 16 hits in that game, I mean, you take a look at it, nine hits is the lowest number that a winning record has been put forth, 51% of teams. But I was not in that. Of course, they're in they're in a conference and they're in a schedule that you need to put up some significant amount of hits and, and you have to not give up very many hits. Regardless of all that here, Zach, I, I think it's safe to say that the biggest thing that could alleviate even that portion of their struggles is just getting the clutch base hits. Iowa, again, they've proven they can hit the ball, but it's when you hit the ball that's more important. And I think Iowa has kind of missed the mark on that recently. Yeah, you know, that's the clutch hit. That's the one you need when runners are on, when they're in scoring position. And um, at times, that's kind of been uh, a hard spot to, to find. Just haven't really been able to get that together. So, um, you know, I think right away that's kind of um, 
something that that's difficult because uh, you can't teach it. You know, if things like that go haywire and things just aren't really working, that's when you're kind of in uh, in a rut. That's kind of where Iowa um, offensively is. You know, they they've been able to get nice hits. They just haven't been able to get that key hit. So that's a situation where um, it's hard to be able to teach that. And it's hard to be able to change that. But I think you just got to know the game of baseball. If you continue to swing the bat, you consider and continue to work hard that those are, are things that are going to end up coming your way and, and they're going to be things that in the long run uh, hopefully you know, you're able to turn around and you're able to, uh, to get figured out. Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and the voice of Hawkeye Baseball, Zach Mackey. We're going to be talking about the three-game sweep for the Hawkeye baseball program as they took on the 23rd-ranked Illinois Fighting Illini at Dwayne Banks Field over the weekend. Also catching up on the Clark University matchup on Tuesday and the unfortunate losses we're already talking about against Illinois State. Again, as we mentioned, Zach and myself, not a horrible loss for the Hawkeyes losing to Illinois State because their schedule has panned out very well for them. And again, a top 50 RPI program. Losing to that is not necessarily a huge divot on your resume as a team. Now, Zach, I want to wrap up the Illinois State game by taking a look at an individual who kind of broke out. And he was an individual that before the Illinois series we talked about with Coach Heller as a guy who needed to step up and get back to his normal rhythm. And that was Chris Whalen. Of course, he went two for seven in the series against Illinois, brought in a couple runs and a couple RBIs as well. But uh, it really amplified there against Illinois State. I think he kind of broke out there. Two for four with a double, a home run, and three RBIs. Offensively, a highlight of a night for him. When you look back at that here, Zach, is this the game that we're going to look back to and say, hey, this is where Chris Whalen broke out and is now the star we need him to be? Uh, I hope so, you know, because Chris is just too good of a player. I know, uh, you know, Coach Heller uh, knows that, everyone knows that, that he's just too good. Things are going to end up coming his way. As During his Iowa career, he's hit over 300. He's not there right now hitting 200, but I sure hope so. I hope, you know, that this is something where Iowa uh, can say, you know, this is where things start to go right uh, for Chris, who just uh, has hit the ball well at times, just hasn't uh, always fallen for him. Uh, but Coach Heller kind of changing things around he moved him up to the number one spot uh he's back at the top of the order that worked out well for chris last season so seeing if kind of a change of scenery at the top of the lineup can kind of change things up a little bit that's something that uh, coach heller you know is, is kind of thinking about maybe move him up and so we'll see that that home run and the double that's the power that we've seen out of chris in his career so it's nice to see that and you know it'd be uh, it'd be a really good thing for iowa that does uh, all of a sudden turn around and get Chris hitting towards the top of the order tonight. The, the real problem was uh, towards the bottom of the order. That top half of the order did a good job. They were able to get uh, hits out there. They were able to get guys on base, but uh, when you get out there, you got to have that key key hit to be able to bring you in. And just didn't have that in the uh, bottom part of the lineup today. Chris Whalen on the season, hitting pretty well so far. 235, not where he would like to be, but through 68 at-bats, he does have 16 hits and leads the team with on-base percentage at a mark of 448. Now, Zach, I want to rewind things just a little bit as we take a look at the Illinois series. 
Iowa swept them three straight games, winning 8-4, to 2-1, to one, and 3-1. to one. And as you just heard in those scores, not a whole lot of offense had by the Fighting Illini. A lot of offense had by the Hawkeyes, though. They came through with the win. What's your take on how Iowa, especially coming off the series loss against Indiana the way they did, what would you like about how the Hawkeyes were able to bounce back and do so in a big way on one of the biggest stages? Yeah, well, I mean, wow, what a big weekend and what the difference a week can make. Um, you know, when you were coming off that Indiana series, you just didn't know how things looked and, you know, how things were going to be throughout the season. But what a what a great showing, what a nice um, home environment to be in. And the guys just really, I think the key to um, a lot of their success last weekend was just doing the little things right. You know, they didn't do anything over the top, nothing too crazy, but uh, they, they held Illinois to six runs uh, offensively. A lot of that came uh, due to great starting pitching we saw last week, some of the best starting pitching we've seen all season long, and not that it was bad all season, it was just really good last, last week. Um, so that was great to see, and, you know, just competing in every game, being right in there for every game was was a, a great thing to see, and um, I don't think you could have drawn it up much better than last weekend went. Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey giving you what you want and need to know regarding the Hawkeye Baseball Program and the week prior, of course, and the week that will come. Right now we're talking about the series that Iowa had at Dwayne Banks Field against the 23rd-ranked Fighting Illini. The Hawkeyes won that three games to none. They put up 22 total hits in the series. They did so primarily with the short ball, moved some guys around as they had just six extra base hits overall throughout the series, but they made them count for sure. Roughly 12 walks for the entire three-game stretch. But one thing I want to hit on briefly here, Zach, you know, Iowa's had a little bit of trouble, even in the wins, getting the runners that are on base, getting them across. There was only one game throughout the entire series that Iowa had under 10 runners left on base for the entire game. So when I f- hear those numbers here, Zach, I initially thought, well, wow, Iowa, even with the wins, still left something on the table to be had. When you hear that kind of number, when you hear those numbers here, Zach, do they excite you a little bit about the potential that Iowa has, or does it get under your skin a little bit knowing that Iowa still could put up more runs and still could do more per game than they are this season? Well, you know, I think you'll take wins. So uh, three wins, you, you can't do any better than that uh, in the win column. Uh, as long as you're, you know, getting the job done, I think it's promising when you look at that and say, hey, there still is room for improvement, ways to be able to get better out there. But uh, ultimately, you know, you're in this game uh, to uh, to in the, the end all of it is to win baseball games. And, and hopefully, you know, guys have great experiences that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. And uh, so that's kind of something that um, I know, um, uh, you know, the, the coaching staff has always said that, hey, you, you'll take a, a terrible bad win any day over a, over a loss. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that the potential, though, does look good. And you got to be happy if, you know, you're the coaching staff looking at that. 
Now, Zach, I know that it may be a little too early. I, I know I'm one of those that jumps on the RPI rankings right away and tries to make the most out of them. But I, I think we may be starting to get to that point where meaning may actually take place within the RPI rankings. Iowa jumped from 104 to 51 in a snap of a finger over the, over the weekend here with the three-game series sweep. My question to you at this is kind of a two-part. I mean, we, you and I talk about the impact of series, what they have on the Hawkeyes as a whole. What sort of impact does this have for the Hawkeyes, this huge series win over the Illini? What does this do for the Hawkeyes? And is it safe to look at the RPI now and see Iowa's jump and say, hey, Iowa's finally on the right track? Yeah, you know, once you get into a little bit of the conference season, I think that's when things start to become more solid, and you can kind of look at it. Um, there's some big. This is a big weekend for um, a lot of the teams. You know, in our RPI, I know Evansville has Dallas Baptist, uh, and Evansville's continued to win since that series against Iowa. So that's a big, that's a big one because that's the only series that Iowa's lost besides Indiana. Um, so if Indiana continue can continue to win, uh, the loss to against Illinois State. Actually, in the RPI doesn't kill you. It's a team that's in the top 40 in the RPI right now. And um, I just saw last night, I know they beat number 19, Coastal Carolina. And uh, they were playing again tonight. I haven't got a chance to see what happened in that game. But uh, if they can continue to win too, uh, it just it just really helps things out. So you're at that point now where, you know, you're kind of you're rooting for those guys that um, you were able to beat. You want to see them do well. And um, that's the nice thing about playing in the Big Ten, playing in a Power Five conference. You know, you're going to get some some good teams. Um, so you you know you're going to get a little bit of an RPI boop, uh, bump up as it goes. So it'd be kind of nice to see, um, you know, where that sits up now after um after the uh, loss tonight against Illinois State, but uh, Rutgers is coming in with a high RPI, too. I think this, though, is that kind of time of the year where you can start to kind of look at it. There's still some big jumps. I mean, you're talking about last week, like you said, I think we made a 53-point bump from uh, just three baseball games that were won um, against Illinois, a really good Illinois team, so there's still going to be some huge jumps. You know, losses can put you way down there, but uh, I, I think it, you know, start to kind of shake itself out where teams kind of find themselves where they're at right now. Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey talking about the Hawkeyes as they took on a three-game series stint against the Illinois Fighting Illini, the fifth-ranked RPI team in the country and 23rd-ranked AP poll overall. Iowa swept them three games to none, and then they took a win against Clark University, a makeup game of sorts, on Tuesday. And we just talked about the Illinois State loss on Wednesday. But now getting back to the Illinois series here, Zach, you had a fighting Illini team who was the hottest offensive team in the Big Ten coming into Dwayne Banks Field, averaging just over six runs per contest. And overall, they've had just one game where they've had one run or fewer. And then they come into Dwayne Banks Field, and Iowa forces two games with just one run. Overall, the Hawkeyes held them to under 10 runs the entire series. This has got to be not just a big feather in the cap for the Hawkeyes, but a massive feather in the cap with what they're able to do. 
Yeah, no kidding. That it, it, there's no secret that it was not favorable hitting conditions uh, with the wind blowing in, how cold it was, but yet still to be able to hold a team like that to, uh, like you said, less than 10 runs. I think it was um, somewhere around six runs for, for the entire weekend is, is really solid. It's really good stuff, and it just speaks to the starting pitching. All those starters were able to go past six innings. Uh, you got to remember, too, a guy like Cam Ballman thought he was going to be a midweek guy. He uh, is stepped into the Saturday role, got a win, a college win. It was great to see him get that. And, uh, you know, some well-deserved wins for some starting pitchers who uh, have gone the distance, gone long ways, uh, but just haven't been able to be set up in that right situation to to get the win. So it was a, a real successful weekend on the defensive side. I think Coach Corsolani uh, has done a great job with the pitching staff, and they got to be really happy with where they sit. But, you know, just when you get done with that, then you turn around and, and this week playing two midweek games has put a little bit of a strain on that pitching staff. Uh, some injuries have, have come along against them too. So they're working a little bit uh, with with low numbers, but the guys that we do have uh, just had a tremendous outing last weekend. Now we can't go without talking about the table setter here, Zach. Cole McDonald, the man, the, the ace of that rotation. I, you know, I've got to say, I was so glad and elated that the Hawkeyes finally were able to catch a win when he was on the mound. You know, I think arguably this has been the best offensive output the Hawkeyes have been able to produce while Cole McDonald has been on the mound. And, you know, when you come together like that, it's not a far-reaching thought to say that Iowa, with their with good offense and Cole McDonald on the mound, could beat anybody, any time of day, anywhere. And it really showed beating the Illini 8-4. to four. Some may describe his game Friday as kind of effectively wild. It seemed that uh, aside from the early innings, he was really good about keeping them off balance, which is ultimately what you want to do as a pitcher. But uh, it seemed like he's really continued to take that step and that he had a really, very solid game against the Illini. Yeah, you know, in the beginning innings, uh, right away out of the gates, you uh, there was Cole was uh, trying to find the placement exactly of you know where those pitches were going to be the most points or the most runs scored were in those first couple of innings, uh, and then all of a sudden you know he just found that zone and he kept going to it, kept going to the corners, pound to the outside, uh, like Cole's been known to do on Friday nights, uh, found that sweet spot and he just kept going back to it using those outside pitches. He's got you know great movement on his slider, uh, and then he's able to come back and kind of fool you with the fastball uh, changeup. He's got a lot of lot of options here now and and he does such a good job at finding how far out he can go and it kind of you know using that how far the home plate umpire will let him go and, and continue to sit there and try to bring that pitch uh, that's you know on the outside to um, righties or lefties and I think that's what he did a really great job of on Friday. Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey delivering what you want and need to know regarding the Hawkeyes here. And now, Zach, as we continue to move forward here, you talk about big-time games, big-time performances. We talk about them a lot, but I think rightfully so with this time. I mean, when you go 3-for-3 with a pair of RBIs against one of the National Pitcher of the Year nominees in the likes of Andy Fisher, you got to think that, hey, you're doing something right. And that's exactly what Austin Martin did. Again, a three-for-three night. Uh, Highlighted what Iowa was able to do, you know, getting eight hits off of Fisher in just four innings, pushing across three earned runs, and only, only suffered four strikeouts total as a team. 
You know, I'm not sure exactly on the numbers on this, but I'd say at least a quarter, if not half of the counts that Martin has been in the season have been favorable to him. He's really he's really approached the plate really well, been on a lot of hitters counts, and made the most of it. What's really worked well for him so far, and what worked best for him there Friday night? Yeah, it's great when you can see a guy who hits well in the non-conference part of the season and that continues into Big Ten play. Uh, when you see those really solid arms, and uh, I think uh, he's just not scared. He goes up there. You know, he said, uh, I talked to him on Tuesday about it. He said the transition's been easy for him. He came over this summer instead of going to play summer baseball. He came here and, and worked as a catcher and worked as a hitter and uh, just has so much confidence up there. I think he sees the ball really well. He, he gets it as a catcher he knows what they're trying to do um what type of pitches they're kind kind of trying to throw to him where they're trying to line up and he doesn't try to do too much i mean yeah he's got those big triples back to the wall he's got you know doubles as well but um tonight he he had a three hit day with you know two of those just being single line drives right in between the the shortstop at third baseman and the second baseman and first baseman uh, so he, he's done a good job of doing that. There's really no shifts anyone's putting on against him because he's hit so solid um, all over the field from the left to the right side, um, taking that outside pitch, pulling the inside pitch. So I think his confidence is just so well um, coming out of the junior college ranks. Once again, Iowa Hawkeye baseball talk right here for you. You can catch us on Twitter at Hawkeye underscore talk. And you can also catch us on many different platforms, whether it whether it's KXNO.com, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. We'll be there. We'll be loud and proud. And uh, speaking about loud and proud, a performance that was very loud and proud over the past you know, week, you could say, the season, you could even say, has been Mitchell Bowe. Bo has been a solid player for Iowa. Got off to a little bit of a slow start. Had a little bit of a dip there uh, a couple weeks ago, but right now hitting 265. Slugging at a clip of 353, 27 hits with 10 RBIs, and he has stolen a few bases, five out of six attempts, so he's been efficient there, fielding at a clip of 991. Ultimately, an overall sound guy here, uh, and of course, a guy who had a pretty good series for the Hawkeyes against Illinois. Going five for 11 and crossing the plate a couple times throughout that series. Throughout this season, he's been a versatile guy, to say the least. I mean, I think that'd be an apt description. He's been able to hit from basically any part of the lineup. We've seen him at the leadoff spot, as we did against Illinois. We've seen him in the two-hole, three-hole, four-hole. We've seen him just about anywhere. And he's been able to put that versatility to work on the field as well. We've seen him at second, we've seen him at third, and we've seen him in different positions. Ultimately here, Zach, where will he be the most effective both in the lineup and in the field? Well, I think you, you've got to use him at second base. Uh, the, you know, they were trying some different things out today in the infield. Mitch went over to shortstop uh, for one of the few times he's able to play any of those positions. Uh, throughout the summer, he actually played third base for the entire summer. But I think that you got to go uh, with him. He covers so much ground, probably more ground than anyone else uh, in the Big Ten for sure, and, and maybe in the country at second base with his range uh, back and forth. He, he's been a good guy getting on base. When 
right? Look at his own base percentage as a hitter. So that's why Coach Heller wanted to keep him towards the top of the lineup. Uh, at times, that average may be a slump, but, you know, he's been able to get on just whatever it takes with a walk or getting hit or, um, you know, putting the ball in play uh, to get himself to first base. So that's been a, a great opportunity for Mitch. And um, I see him very involved in no matter what we do any weekend, uh, whether it be at second base or towards the top half of the lineup. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Glad you could join us for episode number seven. And again, as we mentioned, please check out the Twitter page at Hawkeye underscore talk. And however you may be listening, whether it's on the Google podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, KXNO and more. Thank you for joining us. We're talking about the Iowa Hawkeye sweep over the Illinois Fighting Illini over the past weekend. And, of course, we'll get to the Clark University series that Iowa beat one in that lone game, I should say, 3-2. to two. And we already discussed their loss to Illinois State, 11-6. to six. When you think about it here, Zach, Iowa swept Illinois without the use of a big-time pitching arm. Now, now I'm, I'm not talking about that they didn't have big-time pitching arms. Obviously, Ken Bauman was huge. Cole McDonald, thrilling as always. Grant Chunkins leads this team, in fact, so he is well worth the, the recognition. What I'm talking about is that they're not at full strength in that starting rotation, and that's because Jack Dreyer has been out for quite some time now due to arms inflammation, due to arm ailments that currently is keeping him out of the lineup. Let's talk about his status right now here, Zach. There was a lot of optimism and hope that he'd be back for this Rutgers series. Uh, it got pushed back to, you know, that's pushing it at best. And now it may look like he may not get in this weekend. What is the status of him up to this point, And when do we get to see him back in an Iowa uniform on the field? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I think there's still some issues they're working through uh, with Jack. He's still kind of got a little bit of um, a not-so-pleasant feeling in that arm as he kind of got worked back up in that. So uh, I, I think Coach Heller, you know, told me today he, he's still waiting for official work to see, but I would say things have been pushed back um, even further than what they maybe were. So uh, it's going to be at least a couple of weeks, and um, boy, you know, what a loss, what a hard loss to have to deal with. Uh, and Jack Dreyer, you know, a guy who's going to give you seven innings every week, uh, be your starter, be your guide to go to um, in that Saturday role. And, and right now, you know, that's kind of what's hurting things, and that's what's uh, been tough uh, for the Hawkeyes without him. So we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope that even if we do move that date back, that eventually there's a day where Jack Dreyer is starting on Saturdays. But uh, I'm not uh, for sure exactly on an answer on that yet. Well, certainly we're going to hope for a speedy recovery from Dreyer, although don't rush it because uh, the Hawkeyes are in pretty good hands with Cam Bauman. He has come in and done a very solid job through 27 innings pitched. 26 strikeouts, just 19 walks. He has been a very solid replacement at this moment on the mound for the Hawkeyes. The thing about it here, Zach, uh, on the offensive side of things, I don't think you can say the same about the loss of Tanner Padgett to this point. Through the first 12 games of the season, Padgett was leading the Big Ten in batting average at over 380. He was uh, um, just a RBI machine for the Hawkeyes, was their top guy in terms of extra bases and, and slugging percentage, and you've lost that now. 
and by the looks of it, you've lost it for quite some time yet. What's the status of Tanner Paget up to this point, and how big is this impact? How big of an impact does this have on the Hawkeyes every day that he's not here? Yeah, um, I heard today that Tanner got um, Tanner went ahead and got uh, cleared by the doctor, doctors, and um, so he uh, got cleared by them. It's still going to be a little bit getting back into this. Uh, probably won't see him for, from what I hear, another maybe week, maybe two weeks uh, in that lineup. Who's to say, though, if he's not feeling really good one day that Coach Heller decides to, but... Um, uh, just being clear by the doctors hasn't quite given the all go yet. I see uh, Tanner still always around, obviously, at all the games, and that's all him today. And, and he said he's feeling better. He's feeling good for sure. But uh, the, the hard part about those hamstrings that you can feel good, uh, and then all of a sudden they creep up on you. You know, you're running down to first, and, you know, there it goes again or, or something like that. So you just got to be careful, not just because you feel good that day. Does it mean that you're good to go? You know, as scary as it as it sounds and it looks with the likes of Dreyer and Padgett out here, Zach, as we mentioned, if you're the Iowa Hawkeyes and if you were to tell me before the season that the Hawkeyes would still win, in fact, sweep a series over Illinois without the likes of Dreyer and Padgett, I would have I would have laughed. I would have called you crazy, but nonetheless, they did that. And I think it's it's got to fill you with a little bit of excitement and optimism, knowing the fact that what the Hawkeyes have behind them in terms of depth is good enough to defeat a top 25 team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, things could be, uh, you know, so much worse than uh, what they are because of the injuries that I was suffered early on this season. Uh, you know, it just shows next guy up type of mentality that Coach Eller has with these guys, and it's really coming across. Uh, they're doing a great job at, you know, whenever uh, it's their time to go to, to step up. And we've had, you know, a number of guys be able to step up and, and do a good job. And um, that's just good to see. Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey discussing the Hawkeyes the week prior and the week ahead. And uh, right now we're going to talk about that week ahead for the Hawkeyes as the Hawkeyes welcome in Rutgers to Dwayne Banks Field this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And now, Zach, looking at this Rutgers team, they're a team that hasn't had a, a great great season since joining the Big Ten, hasn't uh, finished better than 11th since joining this conference. Uh, right now they're sitting over 200 in terms of RPI, yet they are a team that's given Iowa fits over the last couple of seasons. You know, they didn't face them last year, but uh, in years prior it's certainly been a tough out if that. From the history that you've seen between the Hawkeyes and the Scarlet Knights, how do you view this Rutgers team from the 10,000-foot level? Well, I think you uh, you definitely got to be careful about a, a Rutgers team that uh, is sneaky. We, we've always struggled with them. Uh, in 2015, when Iowa went to a regional, they traveled out there. It was the only Big Ten series that they did not win and uh, ended up kind of costing them the Big Ten, you could basically say. And then uh, in 2017, when we won the Big Ten and, and went to the NCAA tournament, uh, also lost that series that time at home, one of the only series that year that we lost at home home 
Um, so, you know, that was, it, it's just always been something where Rutgers has kind of had that edge um, over Iowa. They're coming off uh, a couple of uh, tough weekends for them. They got swept by Indiana State. It was really good. We've talked about on this podcast. And then um, also getting uh, a series loss to Ohio State. Um, they, they won the, the final game in extra innings and uh, then won on on just last night against Wagner, 11 to 10. Had to go through a whole bunch of pitching. Uh, so that might be a good thing uh, for Iowa coming in this weekend. They had to go through a lot of guys, but it's kind of a sneaky Rutgers team. When you go up and down and look, they've been able to put up good offensive numbers, some big uh, – big offensive times and uh, they've also let up a lot of runs too so it's kind of a team that uh, can play small with you they've had three two four two games but they've also um, played against some really good teams uh, they started off the year against Miami uh, down there they've done that the last couple of times at Florida Gulf Coast always a good team Indiana State's one of the top non-power five teams in the country and uh, so they, they played a tough schedule to date and uh, they've struggled at times they'll be eager I know to uh, to get a couple of wins in the conference, they sit eight and seventeen, but they're they're one of the better eight and seventeen teams you'll see. And like I said, they've just always uh, been a tough game for Iowa. Well, and I think it just goes to show uh, how how difficult the Big Ten can be at times. Even an eight and seventeen team can beat you, and they've beaten the Hawkeyes like we've talked about the last two times out. And uh, so looking at this here, uh, this is a Rutgers team, as we mentioned, may not look great on paper, but, man, they have some very high-talented players. One of those guys that I want to highlight is Tim Desi, a guy to look out for and for people to know. Uh, right now he's in the top 15 uh, of, the, of the entire Big Ten Conference individually in batting average at 322. He has 29 hits, which, again, that, that's a top 10 mark in the Big Ten with 10 RBIs four doubles, and he has 15 walks on the season. So he is that versatile player that can hurt teams. And I, I think if you limit him offensively, you'll have a better time, a better chance of keeping this in the win column. And then, of course, uh, you, you flip over on the pitching side of things, our Friday night starter, Tom Ganerio, sporting an ERA of 2.13 through 13 appearances. Uh, this guy can ball, you know, 25 innings pitched so far, only allowing 21 hits. That's a top 10. In, in terms of the top 10 pitchers in the Big Ten Conference, that leads all of them. Uh, he's, he doesn't give up a whole lot of hits, just 21 leads the Big Ten. And also, he is a guy that doesn't walk a whole lot. Just seven walks issued on the season. Uh, doesn't strike out a ton, just 17. But, man, he can get you out. Uh, team's not having a great time against him, just 221 on the season so far. So he is one that can really come up on you too. And, and again, those are just two of, of a few of the players that can hurt you. But if you really go after Tommy early on and take him out Friday night, uh, I think it's going to be a, a downhill uh, battle, an easy battle for the Hawkeyes offensively. And, of course, as we just mentioned, you take down Tim Desi, uh, from the defensive perspective for Iowa, and I think it's a lot easier, uh, a lot easier of a battle there because you look at the rest of the lineup, and there is not a, another 300 hitter on that roster with significant playing time for Rutgers. So ultimately, again, you take him down offensively, it's going to be a lot easier. Ultimately, those two individuals, I'd say, are the two key players to watch out for if you're the Hawkeyes. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, and they do. They have a a really 
really good uh, Friday night starter. Um, you know, like you said, that, the, that is probably one of the better ones uh, in the conference. I think, you know, was was dubbed as maybe one of one of the um, one of the guys to watch out for, and one of the guys for pitcher of the year in that Friday night role. Low ERA, like you said, a, a major major league uh, type of uh, draft pick guy, and a guy who's going to be playing baseball on throughout the summer, you know, on some of those big league guys most likely, but uh, so that's going to be a total test. I mean, look at their Friday games. They're always low-scoring affairs. They do a really good job of um, limiting the runs and um, ju- just, uh, you know, Harry on that side for Rutgers, um, he goes long every time, six, seven innings on those Friday nights. Marty was talking about that in the post game with us, just about, uh, you know, you're going to get a really good showing on a Friday night against Rutgers, and uh, that, that's not going to be easy, but uh, you just got to hope to take your chances, whether it be free bases, if you can get, like we talked about, those runners in scoring position, be able to move them across, that will definitely help everything out. Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Starting to wind things down a little bit here, Zach. But, uh, you know, before we go, as we look at this Rutgers series, there will be a lot of uh, a lot of need for a good amount of depth. I mean, Iowa has uh, been kind of depleting their resources over the last few weeks with injuries and so forth. But, uh, you know what, the likes of Connor McCaffrey coming through big, especially now that baseball season's done, I think that's a big boost for the Hawkeyes. I mean, he, his bat came out strong. He's getting some more playing time on a regular basis. Uh, now that you've gotten to see what he's all about more consistently, you, you've seen more at-bats from him, and now that other teams have seen more at-bats from him, what is your take on the way he approaches the play? What's your take on his development within the baseball realm and uh, where he might be utilized here co- uh, going forward? Well, it's um, you know just something where uh, – uh, Connor's done a good job out of the outfield uh, for the most part and uh, had one little um, mess up last week, but for the most part, he's done a good job out there. And um, now he's just trying to keep the bat moving. He started off red hot from the plate. That average is going down somewhere around 300. He struggled today against Illinois State. But uh, as long as, you know, Connor continues to hit, that's kind of the real thing that uh, those outfielders, Coach Heller, uh, has always been a component of. You got to provide some offense. And, there's lots of guys, um, you know, who are vying for those shots and trying to get an opportunity in those shots. So uh, I think, you know, you just got to continue to hit, continue to, to move guys along. And, and Connor's a 300 hitter. He had base hits uh, in games over the weekend. So I don't see that changing. But that's just something, you know, to, to most definitely be mindful of. And there's no doubt. It's already fun to see Connor McCaffrey and what he's doing It'll be even better, though, once he gets more at-bats under his belt. And uh, I think the excitement level will just go through the roof here in the next few years for Connor McCaffrey and Iowa baseball. But now one thing I want to dive into quickly before we end things off. There is no doubt, Zach, that I I will be on my toes here for the next couple years watching Connor McCaffrey and what he's able to do. Already exciting watching him now. Right now, though, as we start to wind things down here, Zach, uh, first off on the Clark University game, uh, that was a a game you mentioned kind of almost as a trap game here. And I'll go on a little bit of soapbox, but, you know, it it was one that I I think you and, and Dunk put it absolutely on point. 
Iowa just did not do very well with the patients, and I think that may have opened up an underlying issue that um, may not have been well known, even across the Iowa scene. You know, you go, you talked about it. Iowa went from facing Illinois pitchers throwing 95-mile-per-hour fastballs on a regular basis, you know, at least two to three times per at-bat. And then you come to the likes of Clark University, who, uh, you know, after that first pitcher, you get Subasa Mariyama of Yokohama, Japan. We'll talk about the diversity there in a bit. But, man, uh, he came out there and did not throw very many fastballs, and they weren't fast at that, 83-mile-per-hour at the most but he really kept Iowa off balance. Ever since he came in two-thirds through that first inning all the way up to the eighth, he was absolutely stellar, worked a great outing, and again, I think opened up an underlying issue that Iowa needs to be a little bit more patient than they are, and especially coming off of uh, especially coming off the series that they did against Illinois. But that will hopefully be corrected here soon as Iowa takes on Rutgers here coming up this Saturday. Friday, excuse me, Saturday and Sunday. Again, the Friday game at 6.05 p.m. Central Time. Saturday starts at 2.05 and first pitch Sunday at 12.05. Now, Zach, what I really wanted to get on to, kind of on a funny note here regarding the likes of Clark University, looking at that roster and when you do so, man, it, it, uh, it, it kind of takes you back a bit. Out of the 43 players on that roster, only four of them were Iowa natives. Only four individuals were Iowa natives on there. And you had such a diverse set. I don't know if I've seen any more any more of a diverse roster out there. You had guys from Phoenix, Arizona to Bayamon, Puerto Rico. You had people from Henderson, Nevada to Woodstock, Illinois. I mean, man, this was, I think, the most diverse lineup that you'll ever see in all of baseball. No, yeah, they they do. They recruit so much. You know, there's so many D1 bounce backs uh, on that team. So many guys that were playing Division One baseball. Uh, so many guys from Puerto Rico and all over. I mean, that's a that's a solid team that a lot of people who don't follow baseball maybe wouldn't see. But uh, it's a really good team that recruits all over the country. Once again, everybody, you've been listening to Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey. Thanks for joining us, and uh, for comments, questions, concerns, please give us a chat on our Facebook page, at Hawkeye Talk, and on Twitter, at Hawkeye underscore talk. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to chat with you and uh, answer any questions for sure, so please go ahead and do that. Right now, we're going to start wrapping up the show, and uh, we're going to wrap it up by having the final question of this episode. And, Zach, that question's going to be, Knowing what we know about Rutgers, about kind of the allure that Rutgers has Iowa's number as of late, what does Iowa need to do? What does Iowa need to improve upon and push for in order to not get back into a lull, not dip a little bit, and and keep up the winning ways that they've had recently? I just think you get to uh, you get to really hope for uh, uh, for some more offense, but uh, much like what you saw last weekend, just solid defense, do the little things right, uh, limit the errors, be able to move guys around, and uh, you know get things um, when you do get in, put in those situations, take advantage of it. Runners in scoring position where it is. I, I just think you got to do the little things right and uh, take advantage of the opportunities you are given. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you've been listening to Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and Zach Mackey, the voice of Iowa Hawkeye Baseball. Don't forget to catch the Iowa Hawkeyes at home this weekend. 
If you can't make it to Dwayne Banks Field, please catch the Hawkeyes on the Hawkeye All Access TuneIn Radio app, along with many fine stations. Zach himself, along with Steve Duncan, will have the call as Iowa takes on their third Big Ten outing of the regular season. Game one will come your way April 5th, that this Friday at 6.05 p.m., and it will be Cole McDonald, Iowa's ace, up against Harry Rotrowski for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Rotrowski with a 2.51 ERA. McDonald looking to improve upon his 5.02 ERA. Game two will happen April 6th, beginning with first pitch at 2.05. An interesting matchup that I know I'll be glued to. Cam Bauman for Iowa, lefty going up against righty Tom Gennario. We talked about him in the show. A very intriguing pitcher, one of the Scarlet Knights' better pitchers. And that'll be an interesting matchup for sure to watch out for. And then you have the series finale, April 7th, beginning with first pitch at 12.05. Grant Junkins, Iowa's stud of an arm with a 1.69 ERA, goes up against Tevin Murray of Rutgers as they wrap up the series. Again, catch our very own Zach Mackey on the call along with Steve Duncan. And, Zach, it's been an absolute exciting week of Iowa baseball. I, I'm sure we'll have another exciting week ahead. Got to make sure we take care of business, but looking forward to a couple wins here this weekend. Sounds good. Thanks, Andrew. Once again, everybody, you've been listening to Hawkeye Baseball Talk with Andrew Brown and the voice of Hawkeye Baseball, Zach Mackey. That wraps up everything officially, and you can catch every bit of this show and more on the show's official Twitter page, at Hawkeye underscore talk. You can also catch it on KXNO.com, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and more. We've had fun. We've had a blast. Thank you for joining us. Catch us up next week as we'll be bringing you another Thursday edition with the Wednesday game against Bradley. We'll be bringing you all types of fun regarding Iowa Hawkeye baseball with player interviews, coaches interviews, and a whole lot more. With that being said, everybody, it officially wraps things up here for episode number seven. Make sure to check out episode number eight next week as we'll bring you another Thursday edition with the Bradley contest on Wednesday. It'll be fun just as always. It'll be even more exciting as we get to talk more Iowa Hawkeye baseball. For Zach Mackey and myself, Andrew Brown, officially signing off. And as they say in the showbiz world, until next time, stay safe. I like, don't cry, would you let it fly?